0: Sometimes you just got to break out in a moment of praise. You try to explain things and understand things and we get lost even in our own explanation. But everybody understands praise. Everyone understands worship before the Lord. And the thing about God, he's worthy. There's another song that we sing "In the good times and the bad times, right? God is just worthy to be lifted up. And there's something about the presence of the Lord in this place as we gather to worship here. Is there a hallelujah in the house? So something about this place. There's a a family that worships with us that says, um, God hangs out in this place. He knows this address very well. And he hangs out in this place. How lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out, For the living God, Psalm 84. I want to preach a sermon today entitled, God's House, What a Perfect Place. Oftentimes we run here, there, and everywhere trying to find peace and balance, equilibrium, trying to find ourselves in our journey in life. We might think that it's through this friend or that relationship. We might think it's that book that I read not too long ago that brought some encouragement in my life. Perhaps we think it's a, it's a group that I need to be connected with because they provide the support that I need as I'm navigating through the ups and downs of life. And I submit to you that those things have their place in keeping us balanced and allowing us to come back to get our footing because life has a way of knocking us off our balance. We've been uh, navigating over a year already with this pandemic and you listen to one thing one day, and the next day they're saying the contrary, but we're believing that as well. We don't know whether up is up and down is down. We just know that we're confused sometimes when we listen to all this information going around. But we can't escape the fact that our friends are getting sick. Our coworkers are carrying the infection. Our neighbors, we're even afraid to greet them because we don't know. In fact, some of us have even had the uh, horrible journey of seeing loved ones and people that we know pass on to eternity. We're told to stay to shut up in our homes and we can't go out. And we did that for a few months, but now it's a year and it's almost becoming a normal thing in our lives. Many churches like ours, we're broadcasting things because we can't gather in the way that we did before. The danger that we're falling into now, and this is what psychologists now are having a field day on this because of the depression as a result of this calamity, of this sickness that is visiting even healthy people. And if you marry the psychology with theology, with religion, with spirituality, you will find that the, 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 the forecasting for our church life looks bleak at best. Many surveys are even telling us right now that people that have been out for a year or more might not even return. They might find solace somewhere else. We become accustomed to this thing called a new normal, and we think that that is enough. The reading for today reminds us, the psalmist so eloquently puts it to us in Psalm 84 when he says, how lovely is your dwelling place, not was. Because when we get locked up for so long, we sometimes get nostalgic, and we start to remember how it used to be and forget about how it actually is right now and how it actually could become as well. In fact, being locked up for so long, it causes us to stay parked on the last memory that we had of the last wonderful time that we have when, when we gathered together. And we think that's what we need to keep in our minds. The psalmist takes a moment here in Psalm 84 to tell the people of Israel through this song, and it's to come through a praise, through this hymnal, He says, how lovely is your dwelling place, Lord Almighty. You see, because when we gather together, it is not just to go through the ritual that we have every Sunday when we gather, to be seated in a certain place, uh, uh, to be almost restricted, because we have to. We can't just mingle the way we used to before. That feels awful and uh, uncomfortable. And by the way, I always wanted to feel that way. Don't get comfortable with not greeting people. We're going to be going back. I owe people here a lot of hugs, and some of you owe me, owe me a lot of hugs as well. Not yet. Not yet. But there's something about getting together in the house of the Lord. And it's, this you know, some of you, I'm looking around, yeah, you stayed home, and that's fine. You, were, you did what you have to do, and we still have to do what we have to do. But there's something about gathering together. A, a, a pastor, a, a senior, senior pastor who... Pastored for over 55 years, the same church in Brooklyn. He says there's a, there's that a sweetness to the fellowship. He said it in Spanish, there's a sweetness to the to fellowship. Fellowship, when we get together, appeals to all of our senses. It makes us feel at home. It makes us feel welcome. That's why the psalm launches out in this beautiful phrasing that he uses. It's rendered to us in the English, although it's written originally in in the Hebrew. But he says, how lovely, painting a picture of beauty. And then letting us know that it is there that my heart is yearning for and even feels like it cannot breathe or survive without being there. Why? Because this is the place to seek the Almighty. Yes, God dwells everywhere at all times. He's omnipresent is the word that we use. He exists fully as God in every circumstance, in every situation, in every part that we could even think of. He exists fully as God. But there's something about gathering together, a body of believers gathering together, that allows us to be able to have this yearning inside that causes us even to lose our breath just to be in the courts of the Lord. He even says it so graphically, my flesh cries out for the living God. I want to just encourage those that are here and those that are watching us on, uh, through technology that there's something about gathering together we need to yearn after. Yes, do what you need to do and carry on what you need to carry on. But, but you almost need to put a constant reminder in your calendar. And that's for 1130 every Sunday. And then on Wednesdays, make sure you do tune in for now because pretty soon we'll be meeting live soon. It's getting closer and closer. I can't wait. I can't wait. But it's the place to seek God. It's the place where God hangs out. It is a place where you can cry out to the Lord. It is a place where even when you don't feel like singing, just so eloquently as Minister Carmen mentioned it, even when you don't feel like praising the person next to you, is, and it becomes contagious. And you start to cry out to the Lord. How many praises do we have here today? It's a place to seek the Almighty. You know, right now, uh, industry is thinking, why were we paying all these high rents to have people working together when work is getting done and people are staying in their homes? The, 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 the current corporate thinking and business industry thinking right now is, well, we, we may not even need half the people coming back to gather in a place and pay all this rent here in Manhattan. Or wherever it is. Can I tell you a secret here? That does not apply to the church. Does not apply to the church. There's something about connecting. There's something that intrinsically was created in us when God formed us in the book of Genesis. And made us who we are. That we seek fellowship. We seek connection. And especially the house of the Lord, the dwelling place. And I love that phrase, the dwelling. That means that God hangs out, that God is here. Listen, I have the privilege because I live so close to, the, to this building that I can come in here at any hour, and I, and I do often. I come very early in the morning. No one's here. Not even Angel is here to clean up, not to handle the building. It's all by myself. And you walk in here and you may think the, seat, the physically the place is empty of human beings other than me. I come in in the morning or I come late at night. But you can sense the Once the door closes, did it happen to you today? Once the door closes, you forget about the world out there for a moment. And you say, I'm in a special place here. God, God is here. Some, you can sense him. You can, you can trace him. And even when you're feeling sick and even when you're feeling down, it's happened to you this, this morning. Even when you feel disconnected, all of a sudden you, you, you feel the peace of God that surrounds you. It, it seems like although you're in a mess, everything's going to be all right because God is hanging out. Even though my life is ups and downs, there's balance that I'm recovering in God. When you come to the house of the Lord, come on, give the Lord a clap offering. God is worthy. How lovely is your dwelling place. A place to seek the Almighty. My flesh cries out to you. Verse 3 is powerful because it shows us that this place is so wonderful. And he's writing to the people of Israel this song. And he says, even the sparrow has found a home. And the swallow a nest for herself where she may have her young. This is very, very powerful. Parents, listen to this. Listen to this. Uh, you, you, you instruct a child when they're young and when they get older they will never stray come on say hallelujah some of you are here because you were forced to be brought here by your parents and, and some adults in your life uh, can those people say hallelujah and amen thank god that they did my mother my dad did not ask me if i wanted to go to church like some of us do today they say we're, in fact it wasn't even spoken you just knew your life depended on what do you think should you do you feel like going to church do you, you know, oh, oh. come on now hallelujah until your kids leave your house they get married or they can make their own life you are god at home you you make the rules and then, and then they'll say yeah but so and so never mind so, and so i'm not their parents Amen. But it says here that the house of the Lord is a place where God dwells, that the, the, God's house is an incredible place that even the birds make their nests for their babies. There's a teaching there. But the other teaching, is he's writing and he's painting this, this picture of the temples during that time. Huge architectural masterpieces that were intentionally, in fact, they still build buildings like this Not like this building, but like uh, uh, church buildings. When you go like to St. Peter's Basilica, or you go to St. Patrick's Cathedral here in the city, or Trinity Church downtown, these old cathedral, Gothic cathedrals, the architectural inclination is to make sure that when you're walking in from the street, inside of this building, or St. John's is the Divine, the largest cathedral in the world, up in the heights. When you're walking into a building, you're going up these stairs, so it's showing you that you're ascending. I'm tired of descending. I will lift up mine eyes. I'm tired of descending. So the architectural, and there's a, a unique niche in architectural build, uh, 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 um, expertise for building places of worship. You ascend, you walk up the stairs. And then what happens when you walk into the basilicas and the cathedrals here in the city, uh, if you're able to travel in other places where the places are very, very old, like, again, St. Peter's Basilica, when you walk in, it's a magnificent building. It draws you to look up. It draws you to look up. It draws your, heart, your eyes to where your help comes from. It lifts up your sight line away from the problems of the terrestrial, if you will. From the sufferings of the places that we're around. It makes you look over your foes and even over your cheerleaders and over those people that have your back, look over them and look up to God. Because at the beginning and at the end of the day, the only one that got has your back is God. Is God watching over you. He protects us even when we don't behave. Say hallelujah if you can. But why does he say even the birds find a place? Because the construction was done back then of those magnificent temples. That what happens? That it was so high, and you're talking about probably 40, 50 feet high. You can put a, f- a five-story building inside some of these sanctuaries of these buildings. If you've ever been to St. Peter's, you'll see that. That's why your voice echoes uh, through there. Uh, and the birds would fly in, and they would make their nests high above in the colonnades of the, st- of the structure. Why? Because that was the warmest place. Do you know that hot air rises? So they didn't need, the birds knew better than us. They would hide up there because it was pleasant. it was the place for the next generation to be instructed. It was warm. it was safe because predators would not rise up there. The other thing that's amazing about when you explore this verse in the light of architecture of, of sanctuaries that when incense were burned at the altar of sacrifice or at the altar of worship by the high priests and by the way this is not just a Christian, Uh, uh, religious uh, ritual other religions also do this when incense were burned they would burn the incense and then the fragrance would rise up and waft its way up through the colonnades all the way up to where the birds were so he's saying that even birds understand the beauty of the house of the lord that they can, and we need to learn. You can find safety from predators the higher you go in God. You can find warmth the higher you go. You go in God, but you can. And fragrance, by the way, the aroma rising up is worship, is praise. Worship rising up before the Lord. It can take you to a place where you you have to leave this place today, walking on a cloud almost, when the glory of God has touched you. Some of you let us know last Sunday when you were here. When Pastor VG tore up and preached a powerful message, you left, I saw some of you skipping out of here. Because when, the, when you're in the presence of the Lord, you cannot be the same. You're ch- even for a moment, it says when they came down off the mountain of transfiguration, they looked different. They, they, there was a glow to them. When they were up there on the mountain of transfiguration, things looked different for them. When Moses came down from receiving the tablets, he, he looked different on the outside. You can't go to the presence of the Lord and be different. In fact, when you leave this place today, whatever next appointment you have, watch the people double stare you for a moment. When you go to Trader Joe's or wherever it is that you're going, they're going to look at you and say, there's something about you. It's because you've been in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. In the house of the Lord. Come on, praise them today. It says, even the sparrow, they find a place near your altar, Lord Almighty, my King and my God. The, the, the house of the Lord, God's house, what a place. Not only is it a place to seek the Almighty, not only a place for nature to find uh, its place, but also it is a place of worship. that there, You can praise in your house. I do that. I do that. I get up in the morning, thank God for all this technology. You can hear whatever it is that you want, and you can hear it blasting through your ears or through the iPods and all that stuff that we do, right? But there's just something about singing glory, hallelujah. Somebody touch me. Here in the house of the Lord. I could sing this. In fact, we were playing music before we started the service. You've heard those in your car, in your iPad. But when you pipe it through the system in here, all of a sudden something changes because the electricity in the air is saturated with the glory of God. And it becomes easier to praise. He said, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. I I look around this place. I see some of you came in. Years ago or months ago when you would be watching everybody praising, but you wouldn't lift up a hand, you wouldn't sing. I see you today, we got to send ushers to tell you to calm down for a little bit because you're ready ready to take off that seatbelt from the seat that you're on and just start marching down. Don't you miss coming up here and worshiping? Because when it comes to praising, it is easier in here. This is a place of praise. One of the things that I love about the psalm that speaks to me, verses five, six, five, six, and seven. Listen to how it says. It says, "Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Whose heart hearts are set on pilgrimage, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of string of springs. I'm sorry, the autumn rains also cover it, cover it with its pools. It's as presenting uh, 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 a picture here of calmness of beauty of spring which is about to come pretty soon they go from strength to strength till each appears before god in zion so god's house what a place it's not just a place to seek the almighty where the birds will find a nest not only a place of praise but this part it is also a place of strength I get those frantic calls of people. I need to, I need to, to talk to you right now. I see you in the street. We need to talk right now. And I've reverted over the last few years. I say, let's talk. Let's meet in the house of the Lord. Let's meet in the church. This place has a way of giving you strength. You know you've come in here time and time again drained, tired of the journey, confused, not knowing where to go. And all you did was sit in a seat and listen to us praise and listen to the sermon and listen to the interaction of people and you left here with your head up high feeling like you've just gotten a vaccination of strength in your life. Is there, are there people here that are a witness to that? You came here weathered by the storm. Because this place has a place, and it's not the place, it's the presence of the Lord is a a way of being strengthened. When you feel weak, that's the time to make your way into the house of the Lord. If you feel confused, that's the time to make your way into the house of the Lord. If you feel beaten down by life, that's the time to come to the house of the Lord. He said, blessed are those whose strength is in you. They make that pilgrimage to you. It is a place of like the spring, like the autumn rain covering the pools. Strength to strength to strength. But this place is also a place of prayer. I come here today to make an announcement. This church building is not a social club. It's not a place for community meetings, although we have that. This is a place of prayer. This is a place where we seek the Lord. This is a place where we learn to pray. This is the place where we experience that conversation, that dialogue that we have with God. This is the place. There are a few things that, I, that I'm very, I'm a stickler on. When we gather for worship, there needs to be Bible reading. There needs to be a prayer said. There needs to be songs done. There needs to be fellowship happening in the place. And we're getting to a time now where we almost have to script our prayers. And I believe in scripted prayers. That's how you practice to become better in praying. But oftentimes, God understands you. You ever prayed gibberish? No, you're too intellectual. I've prayed. I've started praying in Spanish, ended up in English, then went to Spanglish, then jumped over to Ebonics, then I got to that place where the burden is so heavy that there are no words. It's just. Oh! But God hears it from the sky. This is the place where we need to pray and cry out to the Lord. Hear my prayer, the psalmist says. Not hear our prayer. Hear my prayer. Listen to me, he says in verse 8, eight through 9. Not listen to us. Listen to me. Look on our shield, O God. Look with favor on your anointed one. Church, this is a place for prayer a place to seek after God, a place to intercede for ourselves and for others as well. It's not a place for politicking for anything, handing out flyers for anything. This is a place of prayer, uh, and it should be maintained just as that. Now, I want to confess to you and let you know, these things are not very popular. People now go to places of worship to be entertained. You're in the wrong place. We, We have an audience of one, regardless of how many people come. And that audience of one is God himself. We know that we enter this place and we need to do that with gladness and with thanksgiving in our hearts. To give God the glory and honor for all the wonderful things he's done and is doing and will do in our lives. It's all about him. Look to the Lord as our shield. Praise the Lord. Come on, put your hands together and give a clap offering at this moment. (laughs) God's house, what a place. God's house, what a place. It's also a place of favor. Pastor Ralph, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. It doesn't mean that I don't want to go elsewhere. I want to, you know, no. But it's better a day here than a thousand somewhere else. You know what? Because the beach doesn't give you what you have here. Disney World doesn't give you what you have here. Mexico and your time chair, wherever it is, and Staten Island, Brooklyn, or so wherever you bought your, your time chair, it, it doesn't it, it, there's something about this place I, I get it often i live in the community so people walk by and they feel something even in the sidewalk the asphalt cries out to god because god hangs out in this place it is a favored place better is one day in the courts of the lord than a thousand elsewhere i would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the lord than dwell in the tents of wickedness and there, I'll limit it to very brief comments on this. There's no hierarchical preference with God in the sense that He blessed, there's no clicks in God. We have clicks, but God. God doesn't look at it as clicks. And when he says doorkeepers, at that time, the doorkeeper was the entry-level position. It was thought, they were the equivalent today would be ushers, right, that allow you in. He says, I would rather be that than be somewhere else. And by the way, I want to make a a, a personal insertion here. I'm not here because I'm the pastor of this church. I came here as a youngster, 12 years old, had an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. He came into my heart. But I didn't come here. I never wanted to be up here. I'm quite all right down there. That's why one of the things that we intentionally do here is not have the pastor sitting up here, except when we have special events, special services, or unique services, or when we need the seating. Down there, the moment that a leader forgets to be down there is the beginning of his demise. Hallelujah. So you're looking at someone that God has, I'm highly favored. That's what this point is. You're favored by God. But I drove the church van. I taught the insignificant classes, the people that didn't want to attend. I taught poorly too at the beginning. Did whatever needed to be done. Because God has a way of little becoming much in him. And so he says here, doorkeepers, I would rather be the most insignificant, the one not looked at, the one not even recognized inside. I would rather be there than the places that are, appear to be places of prominence. And there the counsel, the pastoral advice to all of you, serve where you're planted. Brighten up that corner that God has given you serve Yusuf. i was talking to pastor from the north carolina who's with us thank you pastor for being with us god bless you richly he has when he's in New York, he comes here to worship and we were talking earlier that oftentimes god doesn't call everyone to pulpit no be faithful in the small things be faithful where god has placed you shine where god has placed you be the best that you can be wherever it is where your job is as a neighbor wherever be the best shine jesus there God has a way of seeing you and he can see around corners and pull you out. It is the favored place. This is the favored place. Can I tell you another little bit, quick secret? This is so favored for me that when we first came into this church, the very first job that I got with the city was driving an ambulance. No, actually, that's not true. The very first job that I got when I was in this church was I, was, I used to drive a truck delivering costumes for the elephants at Barnum and Bailey Circus. It's the truth i forget the name of the place now but it was on 17th Street and 6th avenue i was in church i was 18 years old 19 years old i was in church we had worship service and one of the brothers tells me by the way they're hiring and they're looking for a truck driver to deliver the costumes for the elephants at barnum and bailey circus first job here i went they hired me immediately somebody from church then, fast forward to, we won't go through my whole, read the book. When I write the book, read my, read my autobiography when I write it. The next stop on the employment thing was IBM. I spent 17 years in IBM on Wall Street, right? I thought that's where I was going to stay forever, making great money. I knew how to tithe, so the tr- I said the church is going to be blessed because I make all this money. I'll give all the money to the church that I'm supposed to because my parents taught me how to tithe. That job, you know how I got that job? I was in church, Worshipping, playing the piano, the guitar, whatever it was I was doing at that time. At that point, I was 21 years old, right? He tells me, by the way, they're hiring. This big corporation called, called IBM, they're hiring. You should go and, and apply. I said, sure, what do I do? He told me. Then he says, you've got to take a, an engineering test. I'm not anywhere mechanically inclined. Now I'm a bit more, but back then I was not. And so I went, and that's how I got that job. Somebody on a Sunday service. So hang out after the service if you're not working. I'm half kidding on that, by the way. You just never know. There are people sitting here that are, that this is a place of favor. It's a place of abundance. It's a place where the Lord opens door for apartments and everything sitting right here. But the greatest blessing that I got, I met my wife Don 't get sad single people, come to church. I met her here. I tricked her. I told her that I was going to teach her how to play guitar because I just wanted to touch her hands when I <laughs> here got married he, this, for us there's no other church. This is the place of favor. This is the place of provision when it came to our apartment that we got. same thing during a service. we were told, go here. This is available. Let somebody know. I'll make the phone call. Some people do the work for you. They grease the rail, as, as they say, so that you can fall. Maybe you're not favored because you're doing a seasonal visit. Maybe you're not favored because uh, other places uh, uh, crowd up our calendar. I'm here to tell you very humbly I'm not I'm making you feel, well, maybe I am. Let me not say I'm not making you feel uncomfortable. You're, you just have to hang out with us a little bit more. We're not just crazy hallelujahs that raise their hand and dance a little bit every once in a while. And No, no. Some of us are placed in really nice places throughout the city and throughout the corporate world. And you're blessed. This is a place of favor. This is a, your next apartment is here. Your next job is here. Your next investment is here. Your next spouse if that's what is here. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Come on. You can clap if you're highly favored. He says, better is one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. Let me close this out. God's house, what a place. Verse 11 and 12, final observation. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless. If I were you and I was taking notes, I would probably underline no good thing does he withhold. If I was you, you could do, that's what I would humbly suggest. (laughs) I would underline that. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk blameless. And there it is not that you are without fault. It's that you're intending to honor God. I don't want to present to you a line that no one can reach. You have places that talk about walking perfectly. No one will walk perfectly. That's why God introduced in the New Testament the concept of grace. That when you cannot, then God makes up the difference, okay? Because when you have a, a, a goal that's too high that cannot be reached, you'll live frustrated your life because I'll never be perfect. You will never be perfect. You can be on the road to getting better. You can be on the road toward excellence. but perfect. Once you're perfect, you need to be in the glory of God. That's just, so you'll be dead. But as you're on the road toward getting better, that is different. That's a different concept. So this pulpit will always teach you about not perfection. Only Jesus was perfect, but we can drive toward getting better. He's phrasing it there. I need to teach it a little bit here because I don't want to. I want to explain it. Lift the intent uh, accurately. And what he's teaching here to the people of Israel. Remember, the people of Israel lived by. Doing things. They would offer sacrifices. They would go for the uh, propitiation of sin to the high priest. They would go to the temple. They would do these rituals in order to find righteousness with God. So, because no one was able to satisfy the law, no one was able to satisfy those rituals, that's why Jesus appeared because then the law was fulfilled in him once he was incarnate according to John when the flesh the, the word became flesh and dwelt among us John 1:14 now Jesus is here and in him was satisfied all of the requirements of the law where now it is no longer by what you do but who you believe in Did you follow me there So don't go with doing, it's believing, and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's writing appropriately, and and you're reading it correctly. He says to walk blameless, but he's making the assumption that the Jewish audience that's listening to him is thinking in the Old Testament. They weren't thinking in the Old Testament that way because the scripture wasn't around yet, nor split, but they were thinking the Torah, they were thinking the Levitical order. You had to do every year. You had to go in for atonement. Every, every practice. When once you failed one thing, you were guilty of the entire law. And there was also there was this thing about the monster of God. God is out to get us. Not only is he out, like, out to get me, but if I don't live right, my kids and their kids and their kids and their kids and their kids are going to be cursed as well. Aren't you glad for grace? Because back then it was working and, and doing all. Now it's simply accepting Christ as your Savior. He makes up the difference say it with me right now i'm not perfect but i'm covered by grace because jesus makes up the difference So I can't reach God, but he reaches down to me. So he's saying here very clearly, he says, no good thing will be held for those who are blameless. That's Old Testament, right? Levitical order kind of teaching as it applies today, as those that are going before the Lord through confession, through commitment, through celebration, through consecration. As you go to the altar as often as you can and confess before the Lord, then what happens? Lord Almighty, he's going to bless you because you're trusting in him. And the church teaches you that, by gathering together as we do today and as we do uh, well, and especially once once things open up which is coming sooner than later we come and gather that's when we learn when we come to the house of the lord about the place of blessing god's house what a house how lovely is your dwelling place lord god My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Let's stand. Father, I just thank you for the power of your word that teaches us, dear God, the importance of the place that we worship. I realize, dear Lord, that because of this the weight of this year and the separation that we have felt from the place of worship. Lord, now there's a concern about when we gather once again. But I know, dear Lord, that we have men and women in this this church and families that understand, as we're reminded today, the importance of fellowship, the importance of gathering together. Nothing replaces that. Help us, dear Lord, those that are here, those that are watching us. Oh, Lord, I pray that we might realize that God's house is a place, a wonderful place, a great place. That we might realize, Father, that there is a flood of blessings awaiting us as we continue to make this place to seek you. Continue to make this place a place of praise. Continue to make this place a place of prayer, of favor, and of blessings. That we may realize, Lord, deep down inside that nothing replaces nothing. In fact, God, we know that what the world needs today is the church to rise up. Is the doors to open up so that people can come flooding in just as they did during 9-11. Where every church the following Sunday was filled to capacity. Not because of the great worship and the great singing and and the beautiful ordinate sanctuaries but because people were hungry for you. That's what we expect, dear Lord. Once this COVID-19 thing is over, Lord, I know people are going to be hungry for you. Make this, Lord, your dwelling place. Make this, O Lord, the place where our hearts would yearn for you, where our flesh would cry out to you, and that we might fill this place with praise. I ask, Lord, for those that are listening to this prayer right now as I come against sickness and infirmity and send the word of healing in the name of Jesus to every home, every family here. I pray, Lord, for those that are navigating through grief and sorrow and worry and fear. Lift that. Break the stronghold in Jesus' name. I pray for those, Lord, that, that have gotten out of the lane of the walk with Jesus. And Lord, have gone here and there and perhaps even blaming others but not realizing, Lord, that it is their decision to come back on track. I send that word right now, Lord, to that home, to that family member, that person here that will learn today to prioritize you and you alone. I also in this prayer, Lord, come against the powers of the enemy, powers of darkness that bring confusion and depression And is on a rampage to destroy, I neutralize the works of the enemy in the name of Jesus by the blood of the Lamb. And I declare victory in every heart and every life. And Lord, let this church become that beautiful church, the salt of the earth, light unto the world, a place where the Holy Spirit would dwell, where your people will be on that road, Lord, to honoring you in every way. As I pray your blessing over your people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty.